Welcome back. Dr. Ruth begins chapter one of the book of Matthew with the genealogy of our Lord Jesus. As you will soon find out, this genealogy was essential to establish that the Lord Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Here is our teacher, Dr. Ruth. Welcome back. This is Dr. Ruth. So I begin right away with Matthew chapter 1. What is the gist of this chapter? In this chapter, like I said in the introduction, and if you have not listened to the introduction of the Gospel of Matthew, I really, really recommend that you go and re-listen to the introduction, which is really only about 30, 35 minutes, so you can approach this in context, okay? Okay, so the gist of Matthew chapter 1 is, the emphasis here is on the genealogy of Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Now, like I said during the introduction, why is the genealogy significant? Matthew began his book with a record of ancestors or genealogy, or some people today call it a family tree or a lineage, family lineage, tracing the family line. And like mentioned in the introduction, this was highly significant to the Jews to prove the identity of the Messiah. In other words, to prove Jesus' legal claim to the throne as a Messiah. Uh, because like I said, the prophecies about the lineage or the Old Testament had prophesied the, the family line or the genealogy of the Messiah. So the Jews knew which tribe, which family line the Messiah would come from. So it was so significant that Matthew lays this down to convince the Jew. And remember, 400 years had gone by. The Jews had not heard a word or they had not heard a prophetic word from the Lord. So this was crucial for Matthew to begin this way, to open their hearts and really to convince them that Jesus Christ is indeed legitimate. And... um. Just more background about uh, chapter 1 here. Matthew presents or begins by describing Jesus Christ as a descendant of Abraham, who is a father of all the Jews and a direct descendant of David. Thus fulfilling the prophecies like I had explained. And as we go through this, the first 17 verses will list over 40 people spanning a period of about 42 generations that were all ancestors of the Lord Jesus Christ. And these people had different personalities and had different spiritual experiences. Some of them were heroes of the faith, such as Abraham, Ruth, and King David. Others had shady or questionable reputations, such as Rahab, who was a prostitute, this is discussed in Joshua chapter 2. And then Tamar, who acted as a prostitute. We talked about this in Genesis chapter 38. You can go back and refresh your memory, the whole relationship between Tamar and Judah. Others were just ordinary people that got used in the lineage of the Messiah. The key here is that God uses ordinary people to fulfill his will. 
All right? And also, even before we get into these verses, some of these people were Gentiles, such as Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and we will also come across uh, Bathsheba. So let us get into these uh, verses proper here. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. I love the introduction. Verse 2, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Verse 3, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah whose mother was Tamar. Remember we talked about this, Genesis uh, chapter 38. So we see a Gentile woman, Tamar, a lady who disguised as a prostitute, listed here in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Boy, God is awesome. And we, um, I'm going to skip some of these because they are self-explanatory. We're going to come to, we're going to skip that and come to verse uh, 5 here. Uh, Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rehab. And Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. So here we see Ruth again. Another Gentile woman listed in the genealogy or lineage of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Okay. And Obed, the father of, of Jesse, we come to verse 6. And Jesse, the father of King David. Of course, we uh, talked about that. David was the father of uh, Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. This is referring to another Gentile woman, Bathsheba. By gentle here, this is uh, referring to a non-Jew back in that day. Somebody who had no direct covenant relationship with the living God as the Jews uh, did back then. Today, we would call a gentile an unbeliever. Okay? So we are told about Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. That story is discussed out of Second Samuel uh, chapter 11. We would discuss that when we get there. Verse 7 says, Solomon... Uh, the father of Rehoboam, you can read all of that. I'm going to skip those verses. Let's come down to verse 12. After the exile to Babylon, we're going to come all the way down to... Uh, well, let me just read this, verse 12. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Sh uh, Shemital, uh, no, uh, Shetiel, that's how you pronounce that. I hope I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> Shetiel, the father of uh, Zerubalem. Zerubalem, the father of Abdo. These are just ordinary people that God used. And you can read the rest. Let's come down to verse 16. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Okay, so in verse uh, 17, thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. This is a total of 42 generations, if you were to do the math. And I was doing some research i got into the webster dictionary and you can do likewise what is really considered a generation <laughs> you know depending on who you study it's coming to be around 30 years is considered a generation i mean 
I don't know how they came up to that, but you may find a different number. But bottom line, about 42 generations. Hello, friends. This is Dr. Ruth here. Thank you for joining me today. I would like to share with you our ministry offer that is available to you as a donation to this ministry throughout my teachings out of the Gospels. So I have two resources that I know will bless you tremendously because these two books have blessed hundreds of people. So the two books all have to do with the ministry of Jesus Christ. So the first one is titled, Who is the Real Jesus? And the second one is titled, Are You Moving Forward with Jesus? So for a ministry donation of $50 or more, this includes shipping and handling. If you live here in the USA, we will mail these two books to you today. Okay, it will provide added clarity, added teaching about the Gospels, the ministry of Jesus, the work of Christ. These are phenomenal resources that would add into the teaching here I'm doing in the Gospels and, and help you to really have a deeper revelation and walk with the Lord. So again, this comes to us as a donation and we thank you in advance for considering that. Again, the books are Who is the Real Jesus? And the other one is Are You Moving Forward with Jesus? For a ministry donation of $50 or more if you live in the USA. But if you cannot afford both books and you just want one, it's okay too. We thank you for your donation. So who is the real Jesus for a donation of $25 or more, including shipping and handling? And then the other book, Are You Moving Forward with Jesus, would be $35, including shipping and handling. We will mail these books to you today. The advantage of getting both books is that you would save $10, okay? So again, this ministry offer is only available for those who live within the USA because we cannot ship overseas. But if you live overseas and you're listening to me, you can get these books from Amazon. So here is how you can donate through us directly to get this book as a ministry offer. Our safe and secure website is drruthtanyi.org slash donate. Again, drruthtanyi.org slash donate. And then uh, if you live in the USA, we also receive donations through Zelle. And here's the telephone number for Zelle. 909-501-9031. Again, 909-501-9031. Nine zero three one, and then we also accept donations through Cash App, and the name there is the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tanya. Or if you just want to bless us with it, a one-time donation to help us produce more teachings like this and pay for studio time, we thank you abundantly uh, from the bottom of our hearts. And God says thank you. And God is so faithful that he will bless you back abundantly, exceedingly. So I want to thank you in advance for purchasing this additional ministry resources to help you to gain a better revelation of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Again, we thank you. Here is the teaching. So we get into 
there's 18 here versus 18 all the way to really the the end of chapter 1 here which is uh verse 25 will discuss the how Joseph accepts Jesus as his son and it will talk about the um faith of uh, Joseph and about we will, we will start to get into the birth of uh, Jesus Christ. So these are very very important verses. So I'm pretty much going to uh, read all of this and then offer some commentary because there's a significant principle here, which is really the underpinning of the Christian faith, which is that of the virgin birth. So let's get into this verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Let me repeat the end there of verse 18. Very significant. Before they came together, she, referring to Mary, was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Right away, we are told about the supernatural Pregnancy of Mary by the Holy Spirit. Okay, I will talk more about this at the end of these verses. So just keep that in mind that Jesus Christ, his conception was supernatural by God the Holy Spirit. Mary, Jesus' mother, and her husband, Joseph, did not have sex to give birth to Jesus Christ. This is so important. This is the doctrine of the virgin birth. We will get more to this later. Verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. This is referring to the Mosaic law, the Old Testament law that God had given to Moses. So Joseph was a faithful man to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. What is the point? If you know anything about the Mosaic law, I talked about this in the book of Deuteronomy, which is why it is important to go back and listen to the first five books of Moses. The Lord God had given through Moses this certain laws to the Jews. One of them is, is pertaining to marriage. We covered this in the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament when Moses was restating the law to the Jews. If someone that is pledged to be married is found to be pregnant by another man that was considered infidelity and the consequences were divorce and being stoned to death. So Joseph knew the law. He knew that if he reported Mary to the lawyers, the lawyers, i.e. those who were practicing the law of Moses, they would stone her to death. Obviously, he would have to divorce her. And he did not want to do this, which is why this verse here is saying that he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He did not want Mary to be stoned to death because he at least before the angel appeared to him, I know I am speaking ahead of the verses here, 
he had already decided he would just quietly, secretly divorce Mary so Mary would not endure death by stoning. So Joseph here was between what we would say today, he was between a rock and a hard place. He was facing a major crisis. He had to make a significant decision. He had, humanly speaking, only two options to report Mary to the teachers of the law and then she would be stoned to death and, of course, to divorce her. But God had a plan. Likewise, if you are between a rock and a hard place today trying to make a decision, be hopeful. There is always, always another way. That way is God's way of doing things. So seek him and be still and listen to that still voice of God. He has a way to get you out of this, just like we will see how he will help Joseph to get out of this crisis. Verse 20, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. This is significant. We see how the Lord God is using an angel to really uh, speak to Joseph so that Joseph would not divorce Mary. We see God protecting, really, Mary and even Joseph, just revealing his plan to Joseph using an angel. Again, God using angels to fulfill his, his will. Verse 21, this is the angel now still speaking to uh, Joseph. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The, the name Jesus means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. Okay. So we see how God had revealed his plan to Joseph in a dream. And this is so amazing. This was all happening in a dream. Joseph, it just shows the character of Joseph because he will accept this as thou say the Lord. It speaks a lot about his integrity. It really explains to you <laughs> why God had to reveal his plan to him because God knew that he would believe him. Boy, Ataya. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This right away is pointing to the fulfillment of Isaiah 7 verse 14. Again, uh, God with us, Emmanuel, that a virgin Mary would give birth to a son. We go to verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. We see Joseph's obedience here as a faithful man of God. So he did not divorce Mary. He took her as his wife. Verse 25, very important here, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth 
to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Again, obedience to naming the child Jesus as instructed by God. Again, important in verse 25 here, Joseph did not consummate, meaning he did not have sexual relations with Mary until after the birth of Jesus, again, protecting the virgin birth, protecting God's sovereign will and plan for the Messiah to be birthed. We see the sovereignty of God here. That brings us to the end of chapter 1. Let us talk about the key, key doctrine of the Christian faith here, the virgin birth. What is the significance of the virgin birth, the supernatural conception of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit? Number one, this was absolutely necessary. Jesus had to be free from the sinful nature passed onto other human beings from Adam. Are you following this? Had, had Joseph and Mary had sex, Jesus would have just been another sinful man like all other so-called religious leaders of various religions such as Mm, I hate to say this, but this is just the truth, such as Mohammed, mm-hmm. okay, Buddha. These are really sinful men who came into the world through the natural birth, okay? But Jesus, his conception was supernatural so that he would not inherit that sinful nature passed on to human beings from Adam. So that is the primary reason why this birth had to be supernatural, Jesus bypassed that sinful seed from Adam that would have contaminated him. So this alone showed Jesus' deity, his divinity as God. So Jesus Christ was and is 100% human being like one of us and 100% divine. Okay? As a human being, he understands our struggles. The Bible tells us that such as various scriptures, Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. Jesus Christ understands our struggles. So he has empathy, compassion towards us because he lived as a human being. And as God, Jesus Christ has delivered us, if we choose to accept from that sinful nature that each human being inherited from our ancestors, Adam and Eve. Again, just to clarify, because of the relevance of this doctrine to the Christian faith, Jesus Christ had two natures. He was 100% man or a human being. You may ask why? Because he was born of a woman, Mary. Remember? And again, Jesus Christ was 100% God. Why? Because Mary, his mother, had a supernatural conception by the Holy Spirit, thereby bypassing that contaminated, sinful seed every human being born of a woman inherits because of Adam and Eve. Important here. Jesus came into this world as a savior to save us from the bondage of sin, not to reform us or to improve us. 
There are many people who reject Jesus Christ as their Savior, but they are quick to say that his teachings were reformative, his teachings were transformative. No, he didn't come to reform us or to transform us. He came to give us a new nature, (laughs) to give us a new life in the spirit. And we will get into that as we proceed here. Okay, so that is what I really wanted to highlight about the virgin birth. So just in summary, that was absolutely necessary so Jesus would not be contaminated by the sinful nature that each human being born of a woman inherits because of Adam and Eve. So, uh, and that by bypassing that sinful seed or that sinful inheritance from Adam it proves his deity or proves him as 100% God and 100% human being. You see, the deity of Jesus Christ or his nature as God is something that is very difficult for some people to swallow. You see, many people who have even a remote knowledge about who Jesus Christ is and have done some studies about Jesus Christ would quickly tell you, oh, Jesus Christ was a great humanitarian. He was a prophet. He was a great person. But when it comes to his deity or his nature as God, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where many people start to reject Jesus Christ, such as the Jews, the Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons, and many others. But the point is, Jesus Christ himself said he was God and he backed it up 100% by displaying attributes of God that no human being has ever and will ever display, such as the forgiveness of sins his miracles, etc. So Jesus Christ said he was God and he backed it up 100%. So by faith and based on Jesus Christ's actions and his words, we accept that he was God 100% and he was man 100%. So this is not something that you can figure out. Many people struggle to accept the deity of Jesus Christ because they are trying to figure out. But this is something we accept by faith because Jesus said so. And he has proven himself to be 100% faithful. He was raised from the dead. Once you accept Jesus Christ as God and as man and your heart is open, then things will make sense. And Jesus himself will reveal more of himself to you. And then you will go to the scriptures with spiritual discernment and see clearly for yourself that Jesus Christ was indeed and is indeed 100% God, 100% man. So I say all that to say, before I close this chapter, that Jesus Christ was 100% man and 100% God. This is something you accept by faith, and as you accept by faith, you will receive more revelation from the Holy Spirit. 
So that brings us to the end of um, chapter one there. As you have been blessed, can you bless us back with a financial donation so we can produce more teachings and bless others in return? This program is solely sponsored by the financial donations from friends and listeners like you. We need your financial support in order to reach more people with Dr. Ruth's simple but profound life-changing messages. To make a one-time donation, visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Look for the donation button and donate right there. It is a very secure, simple, and easy process. Or, for more of an impact, would you prayerfully consider becoming a Christ-centered monthly partner with us? While on our website, you will find all of the information about becoming a Christ-centered partner. As a monthly partner, your regular prayers and financial support will enable us to produce more Bible teachings in order to reach more people and transform their lives with God's Word. For those of you who prefer regular mail, you can send your donation to us. Here's the address. Dr. Ruth Tanyi Ministries, P.O. Box 1806, Loma Linda, California, 92354. You can also email us with your questions about becoming a partner. Here's the email address. Info at drruthtanyi.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G Or you can always call us at 909-383-7978 Dr. Ruth Tanya Ministries is a federal government approved 501c corporation which means that all your donations are 100% tax deductible as allowed by the law. We thank you in advance for your kind donation and prayers. We pray for God's love and presence to anchor your soul today in Christ Jesus. I am Chris Oram. Stay blessed and goodbye for now.